Florida baseball with the series coming this weekend. My guess is that they're going with an opener-style strategy. You're burning a closer so early. Honestly, I don't hate it. It works in the pros because you have, like, a ton of arms in the bullpen. So here you go. Those numbers from the weekend. He was 0 for 13. Judd Fabian is fun to watch. So guess how many strikeouts? 11. 11 strikeouts. Uh, yeah. Opening day, I'm going to sit and eat sunflower seeds in my apartment and watch the Orioles dominate Nathan Eovaldi. I will watch us lose to the Cardinals like we always do, and uh, that'll be my opening day. We're already in the SEC. Convince me we need to leave. I'd rather be a medium-sized fish in a big pond than a small fish in a big pond. The officiating is god-awful, and it always kind of has a lean to it. The SEC does not respect us. They let the NCAA come in and just absolutely railroad us with the investigation. Howdy. Welcome to the Bait Shack Podcast, presented by hashtag Come to the Shack. Your home for freshwater fishing tips, grumblings from the grove, big game banner, and all the chum you can feed on regarding University of Ole Miss Athletics. We're coming to you from the Landshark Lounge on Lake Sardis, so grab a cold one, sit back, and reel in the Bait Shack cast. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Bait Shack. We're coming to you in the middle of opening day for the major leagues. Uh, We're going to touch a little bit on that. Probably most of the games by now are done. Got a couple more tonight. And then we'll talk some Florida baseball with the series coming this weekend. Game one already in action. Uh, It's probably as of this podcast coming out. Of course, wrapping up that on Saturday. Um, Interesting kind of developments with that going on, but... Well, at the end of the episode, we're also going to talk, uh, we talked about it on Sunday night. Reed and I are going to be bringing some arguments, some debate as to why Ole Miss might benefit from switching to the Big 12 from the SEC. Uh, Randy's going to go ahead and give us some counter-arguments on that, of course. But, first things first, uh, we're going to talk about this series this weekend that you know may or may not currently be going on. Uh, the biggest news, and it's not going to be breaking to you if you're watching the game, they switched up their uh, rotation this weekend. So Tommy Mace, he's a hands-down first, second-round draft pick in the draft this year. And Jack Leftwich, who actually has the best numbers this year so far for Florida. Neither of those are starting this weekend. Only Hunter Barco is getting the start on Saturday in Game 3. And the lefty, they'll be starting uh, Christian Scott on Saturday or on Friday. excuse me, And then um, Franco Aliman will be going. He should be going right now. So... Between the two of those guys, I believe Christian is the only one. Christian Scott's the only one with any starting experience. That was in 2019. No, neither of them have started this season any games. Um, my guess is that they're going with an opener style strategy. Uh, we're probably going to see Jack Leftwich and um, Tommy Mace come in after like an inning or two. Honestly, I don't hate it. Um, we tend to take a little time to get the offense rolling. You know, second, third time through the lineup when we start doing our damage. We don't jump out on guys right away. So I almost like the strategy. I don't, and it's just because you're burning a closer so early. Your pitching staff is – college pitching staffs, of course, are not as deep as a pro team. It works in the pros because you have, like, a ton of arms in the bullpen. You can kind of burn a guy. In college, like, if that cat throws 20 pitches first inning – Right, Ole Miss gets a hit, 
somebody runs the count up as 20 pitches. He's not pitching again probably until Sunday. And even then, I don't know. It depends on what Florida's doing with him. Now, if it's Taylor Broadway, yeah, Ole Miss would just throw him three days in a row. But, I mean, that's high pressure, 20 pitches. I don't know if you throw him on Saturday. You probably save him for Sunday. I don't like that move just because of that. And I don't know. It's weird because I like it in the pros. Like, it works in the pro, in the pros. We've seen the Tampa Bay Rays make it work. I don't know if I like it in college just yet. And, of course, I'm saying all this, and by the time this podcast drops, Ole Miss will probably be down 4 to nothing, and Tommy Mace throws eight innings. But, you know, I'm interested to see how it goes because I'm not entirely certain I, I really like this move. I don't know if the um, pitching on back-to-back days or whatever is going to necessarily be an issue for Kevin O'Sullivan this weekend. He had Franco Alimont, he pitched back-to-back games against Carolina. Um, and then Christian Scott, he I don't think he's pitched back-to-back games yet, but he's had some elevated pitch counts in games. He's also going to be pitching Saturday. So, yeah, like you said, chances are he won't be coming back Sunday. I don't know. You know, it's it's definitely something to see. I, they're switching it up after that sweep against South Carolina. <clears throat> I guess it's funny because, like, I guess they both kind of had struggled last weekend, but they've been pretty dominant all year. I mean, both guys have better numbers than our starters. What arm does Mason Leftwich throw with? They're both righties, and so so is Aliman and Scott. Yeah, I knew Aliman and Scott were because I saw it was a righty, righty, lefty starting rotation but then you have mace and then you have what's his name is his name left yeah you have i can't remember that kid's last name you have mace you have, who's a left or who's a righty <laughs> yeah and that throws me off and so you've got mace and left coming in that's two more right handers that kind of plays into old miss's hen house there you don't really want to see a bunch of lefties they're starting a lefty on sunday but you get those first two wins and i don't really care what happens on sunday Hunter Barco should be the only lefty we really see. Um, I might butcher this guy's name, Vanderwide. Um, he's a lefty. He's gotten some significant innings. But outside of that, they've got a two-way player, Jordan Butler. He's, he's got a few. And then two other lefties, but they have some pretty bad, bad numbers. Uh, and then the good thing with Hunter Barco, he's had a pretty awful year, uh, if we're just going to be honest. He's not looked good. I, be- I don't know if you caught some of that game against South Carolina on Sunday. He leaves the ball up a lot, and he gets a lot of balls in the air and fly balls. And the wind was blowing out in, game, in Columbia over the weekend. I think he gave up four or five home runs. So that works for us. We we love to live by the home run a little bit. So I'm actually, for once, I'm not too worried about the lefty. Yeah, and he's actually he's given up seven on the year. And so, oh, wow. like you said, he's he's given up a long ball. That kind of plays in the old Mrs. Hen house again because it's a power-driven lineup. You hope to see Elko kind of rake on him on Sundays. You know, Kevin Graham, get a little hit, get some home runs in there. Like you said, um, it's, it's a tough team you're playing this weekend, but they're doing something different. They're trying to change some things up. They got swept by a team that, let's be quite honest, they probably shouldn't have got swept by. And they're trying to make it work. They're trying to change things around. I don't hate that. I don't hate you know, you're kind of experimenting with some things early in SEC play. You know. It is what it is. Florida's going to be there at the end of the year anyway. They're probably going to be a host at the end of the year. Figure it out. Yeah, they started the season as the number one team and haven't really played like it ever since. Uh, they lost that first series. Close all games against Miami, but you lost the series, so they dropped from that. 
Dropped a few random ones here and there. Florida Atlantic. They lost the first one to Jacksonville. Uh, and then, I guess, you know, they kind of did right the ship, I guess, overall. But the sweep against South Carolina really hurts. And now they've got eight losses already. And it's starting to look a little ugly. I think this weekend is a lot for Florida. It really, I think this weekend could say a lot for them. Because, like you said, they're getting on that edge of, okay, you've got a lot of losses. Like, I know it's, it's early in conference play. You're halfway through your season, really. It's early in conference play, but you can't keep stacking losses like that when you're in the same division as Vanderbilt, who I personally don't see losing on Friday or Saturdays because, I mean, Rocker and Lighter are so good, and I'm not going to say they're going to go undefeated. That's not not probable, but the odds are in their favor that Rocker and Lighter are not going to lose a game. And so That duo is stupid. They it, both have sub one ERAs, and they both have won all six of their starts. It is, and I asked some friends the other day in a group chat. I, I asked them, "How much money would you realistically pay to have those two guys on this old Miss team?" <laughs> and I think like we all talked about it. I think we would start like a GoFundMe and make like a million dollars because probably sacrifice some of the bag man money for the football team for just one season just one You're season right. could you all right could you imagine trotting out rocker lighter hoagland and then having the and diamond in the bullpen yeah you're not losing like, you're good because you're, now you have a lefty specialist too yeah yeah like you're you're good there you're solid you're probably not going to lose but that's hypothetical let's go back to the real world florida can't keep stacking losses like this they're in a tough division. They're playing a, a really tough Vanderbilt team in the East. And you look at the West, too. I mean, some of these West teams, Arkansas, Ole Miss, they're stacking up wins. They're not – you know, Ole Miss did what it had to do. It got six wins against the easier opponents, you know. And I don't even want to say easy because those teams are good. They're just easy compared to who you're going to play. And, again, we talk, we touched on it a couple times on this podcast – they're they're easy because of the situations we got them in. Yeah. You know, they they didn't have some very key pieces. So it looks it'll look a lot different on paper than it does in reality. On yeah. paper's the one that matters, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, it's on paper you six wins, right? A win's a win, but those teams were easier than Vanderbilt, than Florida, than Arkansas, because you called them at the right time. They had some guys out. They had some injuries in the pitching rotations. I mean, you're, you're it's the third third conference weekend, and another team is playing around with a rotation with Ole Miss coming to play them. It's, you know, and I don't think Mace is not going to pitch. I think that kid probably pitches on Thursday. But it's, it's something to look for. I was going to say, this is, of course, assuming that they are going with the opener strategy. Uh, I assume they are. I haven't seen any injury updates or anything. I haven't seen any disciplinary stuff. So my guess is, yeah, it's the opener style. They're going to play. Uh, and from what I've seen, the Florida fans are saying that's what they're doing. Um, they're kind of upset about it. I saw one of them say that this was poverty moves. But I think that's what they're doing. I think they're going with the opener. Um but yeah, I, it worked for Tampa Bay. <laughs> it did work for Tampa Bay, team in state. But you know, this weekend's important for Florida, and it's important for Ole Miss because, like we said last time, you've got a hard stretch coming up. This is a tough SEC stretch of teams coming up here. You've got Arkansas next weekend, and man, I watched Arkansas play Mississippi State, and they looked damn good. So you get 
let's say you take two or three in Florida, and that's a success. Um, people are going to be upset if Ole Miss doesn't sweep, and that's not realistic. You shouldn't expect that. You know, to, you win the series, you go into that Arkansas series at what would you be eight and one in conference? I mean, that's best case scenario. If you had told me in January, if you said, "Hey, Ole Miss is going to be like what twenty three and five and eight and one in conference, going to play Arkansas in Oxford," I, I'd have signed in blood. I, yeah, sure. Like yeah. I don't, I don't even care the losses or two. You can make one of them UNA. Like that's fine. Like give me that record. We'll go in there. We'll see what we can do. Careful, Randy. You're going to get us a loss on Monday now. Yeah, we're I know. We're turning to you. We're all going to turn to you. I, that game is on Monday, isn't it? They have a Monday and Tuesday going into Arkansas. I, I don't like that. We I, get on that on Sunday, Wednesday. but who, Who's on Tuesday? I haven't checked the schedule recently. Mm, I want to say it's Alcorn again. Okay, okay. Let me let me check, but I think that's who it is. If it's Alcorn, that's fine. You, you should beat the hell out of them. Um, it, it's not anybody good. We don't have any good midweeks left, to be honest. Good. It is Alcorn. Okay, so, so no Southern Miss or anything? <laughs> yeah, we got rid of the, the um, whatever, Governor's Cup, and yeah. yeah. we're No more of those. We're good. Good, because the mustard buzzers are pretty solid this year. Um, <clears throat> I saw, I saw a, I think it was D1 Baseball put out their mock regional, and it had Southern as the two-seed in Oxford, and I was just like, no, like... I, Please, it hasn't no. happened in my memory that we've gotten them in our regional. Not I guess because maybe they put them in states first, and we typically both host. But yeah, I see them in states regional a few times, if I remember correctly. And I and I believe they've gone to Auburn once. I can't. That, that, be sound, up, that but, sounds right. Yeah, but the the mock a few times Auburn's. The, hey, the mock regional did have Jackson State as the four seed though, and I will take that. Please give me that. Oh God, yes. Like, give me a swag team as a four seed. Oh. No Utah. I mean, of course you know. And, 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 yeah, don't give me Utah, please. Don't give me the, don't give me the Pac-12 champion again. Yeah. Uh, so, the offense that we're seeing from them, uh, very similar to ours, actually. <clears throat> Their numbers are pretty much right on par with us all the way through. We've got a bit better uh, mark on on-base percentage, but outside of that, everything's pretty even. Home runs, doubles, average. Uh, very similar to us. Not as good as what we saw against Auburn. We shut down Auburn pretty well. So hopefully we can, you know, replicate that against Florida. Florida's pitching is a little better than Auburn as well. Um, but it's not dominant, like, by any means. The, the, basically, their bullpen is what's really holding those numbers down. Cause, you know, or really blowing those numbers up, I should say. Um, so hopefully, you know, we can work around that, get some offense going. Realistically... Like you said, I would expect two out of three. I'm not expecting a sweep this time. Um, and if you told me that we only got one, I wouldn't be surprised because this was the number one team in the country before the season started. They were 16-1 and one last year. They have a couple potential first or second round draft picks. This team is very talented. They're not going to be down for long. Yeah, just don't, don't get swept. That's really don't all I ask. If you win one, it's a little it's a little upsetting, but it's it's fine. Like you said, Florida's a good team. They're talented. Judd Fabian is fun to watch. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you don't watch a ton of Florida. Watch Judd Fabian. Um, that, I will yeah. say on that real quick, not to cut you off. He's but, been slumping. He has he's but been. He's I mean, been slumping big. He got the Golden Sombrero against <clears throat> South Carolina at least once. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened twice. Their whole team slumped that series though. <laughs> but he was like bad. 
Like they, the even the announcers were saying some stuff. They were like, they're like, O'Sullivan doesn't know what's going on. Like he's got to get out of this soon. Well, and I would not be shocked if he got out of it against Ole Miss because that just <laughs> seems like we are Ole Miss. Um, it would be perfect. And so, like I said, I think you know you win one, it's a little upsetting, but it's fine. You win two, great. That's what you want. You win three. Start buying tickets to Omaha because nine and zero to start SEC play. Jesus, I, I don't even know if that's ever happened. It, in my in my I, memory, I don't. This is the first time we've started six and zero since '69. So I can't imagine a team has gone nine and zero to start conference play. If Ole Miss does that, you're looking at like number one overall seed potential if you continue that. Yeah, and you're so, not gonna, you're not going to go thirty and zero, Cody. I know that's been <laughs> that was said, but. It could still happen. Technically, it's still alive. The dream is alive. The dream's alive. You're not doing it. But <laughs> if you if you start nine and zero, your road to eighteen and twelve is so much easier. So here you go. Those numbers from the weekend. He was zero for thirteen. You know, look. So was I. I didn't have any hits either. So guess how many strikeouts? Eleven. Eleven strikeouts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, five, five in game one. Granted, that was an extra inning game, but still, eleven strikeouts over thirteen. No midweek to bump out of it. I wouldn't expect him to hit gas out the gate, but if you told me he got out of the slump, sure, I might believe it. Hopefully, you get him still in the middle of it. But Judd, me and you, we had the same amount of hits this weekend against South Carolina. <laughs> um, maybe you can do the same this weekend. I would love to see Judd go zero for thirteen, but. Man, that is a tough slump. I didn't realize it was that bad. That, I didn't either. That's bad. I knew he was slumping a little bit because I was reading some some information about it, and he's still an exciting player to watch. I think he was preseason All SEC player, and oh yeah, I think he was like the SEC player of the year preseason for most people. I think us too. Look, and, he's got he's still got eight home runs. He's still third on the team in slugging. He's still got a lot of pop. So he does. And it's like when Tim Elko was down, but he'd still hit a home run. Here and there. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, we saw it last weekend with Hoagland. He kind of gave up a few solo shots. I'm not, you know, I'm not just blown away if you tell me Judd just gets one out off of him. But hopefully not. I want to see 0 for 13 again. Um, I would like to see that from the whole Florida team. Just no hitter all three games. Yeah. In a perfect world. In a perfect world, Ole Miss goes undefeated and uh, no hits everybody. And... They might actually have done that if they had Rocker and Lighter on this rotation. but That's <laughs> true. So, got that to look forward to. And at the same time, we've got MLB opening day. It's been two years since we have had a proper opening day. Although this one's, I guess, not entirely proper because it's still, you know, less crowds and stuff. But it feels mostly normal. But, you know, you said you are pretty excited to have it back. Uh, you Boston Red Sox fan, Randy is, so um, you guys are opening up against oh, Orioles. Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. That's you should a- win that. I don't care how bad the Red Sox are. You should win that one. Well, we opened with them last year as well, and I believe they swept the Red Sox. Um, I believe they swept them to start the year out. I remember that vividly because um, one of my best friends is a big Orioles fan, and that was a – Tough text message. Um, I'm excited for baseball. As a Red Sox fan, I'm excited to see a team wearing the Red Sox uniform on the field. I don't know what to expect out of this team. Um, My expectations is go 500, finish fourth in the division, and probably tank a draft pick potentially. Um, 
it is what it is. You know, I'm going to watch a lot of the games just because, you know, I'm a baseball nut. I love baseball. I love the Red Sox. And so I'll watch. But, man, this team is – I don't expect much. They're, they're going to hit uh, Bobby Dahl back. Some of you may remember him. Played for Arizona in college. Uh, he had a big hit against Mississippi State and a Super Regional. He's probably going to start for the Red Sox. He's had a really, really good spring training. He's my starting outfielder in fantasy baseball. Kyle knows that because he's in my league. Um, and so – He's fun to watch. You know, they have some offense. Devers, Bogarts, J.D. Martinez is still there. They have some pop, but pitching, I mean, gun to your head, Kyle, could you name the five starters for the Red Sox? Um, I know tomorrow's is Nathan Yovaldi. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yovaldi. And then yeah. uh, what's his name? Rodriguez or whoever did The guy that missed last season. Uh, he's missing a lot this year. He's got dead arm. Eduardo Rodriguez. Eduardo, that's his name. Okay. Yeah, Eduardo Rodriguez has a dead arm. Chris Sale's still out with the Tommy John rehab. Um, <laughs> There's some big names that aren't playing. Yeah, and uh, the Red Sox, they're still paying David Price, who is wearing a Dodgers uniform. Oh. Um, yeah, it's funny. I don't even think he's starting for the Dodgers at the moment. He, he's not. He's not in their, their five rotation pieces. Um, the Dodgers are contemplating using him out of the bullpen, which is just scary. The Vandy Whistler says hello, by the way. Yeah, well, I have a soft spot for David Price. He was a big piece of that, know, 28, was, yeah. that 2018 World Series run was big with him. Um, I like hey, David. My team, has, my team has a Commodore on it, too. It's cool. Who, who do y'all have? Sonny Gray. That's right. Kyle's a Cincinnati Reds fan. Um, and if you heard that and you shuddered, that's probably appropriate because it's tough. I recognize yeah. that it's tough. First team in baseball. That's our claim to fame. I am the hit leader. That's it. Those two things. Yeah. The one who got banned from baseball. And the and the 70s, basically the entire decade. Those, those are the three things we hang our hat on. And if you can be in the playoff hunt, we'll take it. Y'all are bringing but, up a – what's the name of that prospect coming up? Was drafted in 2018? Jonathan Indian. Hunter Green? Jonathan Indian. Oh, the Florida kid? Yeah, kid from Florida. That's kind of appropriate. Yeah. Um, I saw he was coming up for the Reds this week. That's exciting. You got Hunter Green – our last couple guys have been SEC guys. Nick Senzel was also a Tennessee kid. Yep. Yeah. Um, and of I'm, course, Zach Cozart, the old Miss guy. <laughs> I'm excited to see Green. Is he going to pitch this year for the Reds? Um, not out of the gate. I don't know. No. He's coming off of his one year injury rehab. So oh, while yeah. he while he was hitting, I think 106 or whatever it was, like, and for strikes, mind you, but he was still like coming back from injury. So he's not going to be coming starting right away. That's fair. Some Ole Miss fans may remember the name Tanner Hawk. He pitched for Missouri. He could potentially be a piece for the Red Sox. Um, he's been in he's been in their minor league system for a few years now. A lot of people think he probably makes a debut this year. And God, with that rotation, he probably will. Um, I think I think the Orioles could lose a hundred this year, maybe a hundred ten. Um, yeah, I think they. I wouldn't be shocked if they start off with three wins. But I want them to go for the record. I do too. 100, but 120 losses. They, a lot of their number two, their number two pitchers, Matt Harvey, washed up old well, Matt Harvey. He remember, was washed up when the Reds got him like two years, three years ago, remember, and now the Orioles are like number two. Remember when he was dominant, like when he ruled baseball? Right. Yeah. Before that injury, when he was bat, they called him what was it Batman? Was his nickname? Uh, Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Yeah. Same thing. Um, yeah, yeah I, that rotation for the Mets a few years ago was kind of scary, too. You had Harvey, Syndergaard, and uh, Jacob DeGrom, and it's kind of falling apart for them. They haven't really got 
That's right, because we had the Dark Knight come onto the team with Christian Bale's doppelganger already in the rotation. Yeah. It's like, I don't know why we never named you, like, Batman or anything. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but, okay, so Kyle, opening day, like we said, who's your World Series champion prediction? Um, I mean, I know we're 180 games away from a World Series, mm. but... I haven't looked at any mock-ups, preseason picks, any of that, honestly, so... Feel I'm trying to think of who it would be. I mean, Yankees and Dodgers are always the easy picks. I don't think the Dodgers really lost anything. And no, they, they, added, they added. I know, and they added yeah. um, Trevor Bauer. So probably, I guess. Oh, but but I love the Padres. I do too. I don't think they're ready yet. Uh, they they weren't ready last year, and look what they yeah. did. Well, I, I it's just because they're in the same division I, with the Dodgers. Yeah, my my brain says Dodgers, my heart says Padres. Okay, uh, my my brain and my heart says Dodgers. <laughs> I don't <laughs> that team, like you said, they didn't really lose anybody. They added to the pitching staff. Just, I mean, just think about how crazy this is to say. David Price could be coming out of the bullpen for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's he's a little washed though. A little, but still, that man starts in every rotation except there. Am I wrong? Maybe injury issues too. I don't know, how old is he now? Isn't he like thirty six? Yeah, somewhere mid thirties. I mean, uh, yeah. But I will not, say, he, I will he say would start for the days. Reds. Oh God, we have like half the rotation <laughs> out. We're using. Uh, you don't even know who we're using because we have half the rotation out. No, but I will say, hot take. That Trevor Bauer deal was way overblown. Like, if if there wasn't a COVID season, that deal doesn't happen. Because think about it, we played a third of a season. You see guys get hot like that all the time. And then Trevor Bauer does that in, what was it, 50 games, 60 games. If you get a full season, that evens out. You don't have that massive, huge deal. And for being honest, before that, he wasn't doing so hot. He had one solid season before that. I still think even without Bauer, Dodgers are my pick. And then you add Bauer, it just makes it so easy to pick them. Out of the American, oh, definitely. I, I'm just. It'll be interesting to see if he can keep it up. Yeah, and if it wasn't a fluke, the American League doesn't really have a team that just kind of stands out like the Dodgers. I know the Yankees are very talented. Um, I don't trust the Yankees, and that's because I'm a Red Sox fan. Um, yeah, you can't take the Yankees. But they also just they haven't done it yet. Like they continually get knocked out of the playoffs. They continually choke. They continually strike out way too much, and. People are gonna yell at people are gonna yell at me and say like, "Oh, it's three true outcome baseball," and it's like, "Yeah, they haven't won a World Series with it." Like, now the problem with that is I don't even know who's second best in the American League at this point. Um, shoot, with well, the White Sox on the come up, they're they're on the come up, but I don't know if they're that good. They're young. Okay. Um, I mean the Astros are nothing right now. They're they're good. They'll, they're a decent team, but they're not gonna win a World Series. I don't think. Well, so we have that to look forward to tomorrow. And from there, we can go ahead and bring Chef into here. Um, We'll talk the big debate of Ole Miss going to the Big 12. All right, so opening opening statement here, Randy. Um, Why should Ole Miss stay in the SEC? Well, I haven't heard the reasons they should leave yet, but... All right, opening statement, you want us to do one read story? Yeah, y'all start, because we're already in the SEC. Convince me we need to leave, and then I will argue why you are wrong, if I believe so. All right. 
I'm going to start off by saying, one, I'd rather be a medium-sized fish in a big pond than a small fish in a big pond. The SEC does not respect us. They let the NCAA come in and just absolutely railroad us with the investigation while they protect schools like LSU, Alabama, Georgia, who all do the same things we do. They protect them. There's been a number of referee issues, not not even just us, with schools like Mississippi State and Arkansas. Arkansas got screwed out of the game uh, against Auburn. SEC did nothing about it. The smaller schools got screwed. Interesting. Yeah. The smaller schools have continued to get screwed by the SEC, and we we'll, we we'll, we'll let it happen because we like being in the SEC. But do we really like being in the SEC? Can I do this one by one? Can we do it like one step by step, so I don't have to remember everything at the end of this? Oh yeah, no, just go ahead. Okay, Dig in. I'm gonna try and rebuttal like every um, point because at the end I'm gonna forget half these points. No, but, no, you're good. Go ahead, digging. So first point, I agree. I think it's a Greg Sankey issue. I think it's a conference commissioner issue. Before that, Mike Slive wouldn't have let a team snitch on another team in, in, in the SEC. If State had tried to do that when Slive was here, he would have set State down and told them like, "Look, we ain't doing this. Like, you start, you start crap. You know, we we ain't dealing with all that." Sankey, who has me blocked on Twitter by the way, so I can say this, is a bitch. And so, I do agree. Amen. Ole Miss has gotten screwed a lot. The conference has done nothing to help there. I think it's a Sankey issue. I don't think it's an SEC as a whole issue. I don't know. I don't know what the even process is to replace Greg Sankey unless he retires or dies. I guess, but I think it's a Sankey issue. And I believe you have me blocked because I made a meme about him like four years ago, and it wasn't even a mean meme. It was a T-shirt, wasn't it? Well, I made a T-shirt with him as a clown on it, kind of like is that. Rob- what did it? Well, no, because I blocked before that. Um, I made, I made the clown t-shirt, like the Barstool Roger Goodell shirt, but with Sankey, um, I was blocked before that because I made a meme. It was literally, it was a, it was a a clip of the video, like do the stanky leg. And I I corrected to say, do the stanky leg leg," and put his head over it. And he blocked me over that. No, but also like Reese said, the officiating is God awful. And it always (laughs) kind of has a lean to it. I'll say that at least for football. It always seems to lean towards the Blue Bloods. I I hate blaming things on refs and doing that, but some of those calls, man, those were bad. With, it's blatant. Like said, with like, Ole Miss and, and with Arkansas, yeah, this, they were blatantly bad. And they did it to Kentucky, too, against Auburn. Uh, I, and then I, basketball officiating has to be one of the worst. And I know this basketball doesn't have as much of an argument here, but it is the worst of the Power Five officiating in, like, all of the in all of basketball. It is terrible. I, I would. I agree. I think college refs just suck everywhere. <laughs> like it, 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 it is blatant at times. Um, I, I, I hearken back to the Auburn game when they said that kid didn't touch the ball, and he obviously did. And man, that that's just so bad. But I see it all the time in other conferences too, where the referees just suck. I like that. I don't see that in the Pac-12 or Big 12. Fun fact, though, real quick. Remember, even before that happened, when Ohio State played Clemson the year before, mm-hmm. and that awful, terrible call that gave Clemson the win? SEC refs. <laughs> it's like, when you think of terrible officiating in that, in that college football playoff, that's one of the first games to come to mind. It's That's SEC officiating right there. I will say, remember the baseball series in Texas and Arlington with the Big 12 refs? 
Or Big 12 umps, because it's baseball. Are those Big 12 umps? Yeah, they were Big 12 umps, because it was a home game okay. for the Texas teams. That was some of the okay. worst worst umpiring I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, on that point, when South Carolina went to Texas for that series, uh, they, they almost ejected... Oh, I forget who their coach is. They almost ejected um, Bosnick, too. I mean, they he was beefing with them. He was pissed. I mean, and I will say, that ump was awful. But, oh. so, all right, that's, that's the argument there. Um, do you have any more to say on the fact that, like, Ole Miss just gets shit on constantly by the SEC? No. I mean, I've addressed why I think it happens. I addressed that it's a issue with the commissioner. I think refs suck everywhere. I know the SEC refs suck, and people are going to say, like, oh, the SEC refs are the worst. They're bad, but, man, college refs are bad everywhere. Jeff, you got another one? Yeah, I feel like people like being uh, the status of being in the SEC more than they like being in the SEC. It's kind of like the girls in the sororities, they want the best sororities for the status. That's how I feel like people, they don't realize the things that are going on. They they, they let it happen because of the status of being in the SEC. Okay. I, I like the status of being SEC because it's a big recruiting tool. A lot of those kids, they're sold on, hey, you're playing SEC ball. You're playing in the same conference as Alabama. You're playing in the same conference as LSU. You're going to be on TV every week. You're going to be on the SEC Network every week. You're going to be on CBS probably once a year unless you go to Alabama, and then you're on CBS four times a year. They're sold on going SEC. I don't think you make the same sale in any other conference like that. CBS, but I'd rather win than have a status. There's, I don't think well, you, you, we you really need everybody, to win. Everybody's on TV now, though. Yeah, you. They are. I know that. You, people don't even watch TV. They stream CBS every game. ABC and all that. Yeah, they're on prime time as well. But you're sold on being in like SEC playing against other NFL prospects. Like, yeah, some Big Twelve teams have NFL prospects. When you play Oklahoma, like you might play some NFL prospects, but you're playing like Kansas State. You're playing like some JUCO kids that Kansas State drug out of Kansas. Okay, Vanderbilt, who we play. Well, that's year. one team. Tennessee sucked for the past ten years. The Big Twelve's got multiple teams that are that bad. Kansas State's not the worst team in the in the Big Twelve. It's, every conference has terrible teams, though. Yeah, we've got what one? Vanderbilt consistently awful. In all, are we talking Missouri all sports or just year, football? All the, are we talking all sports or just football? Year. I'm just talking football right now. Okay, just football. Tennessee yeah. sucks. They lost to Georgia State. That was an embarrassment. They're bad, but they recruit well. And frankly, before Lane Kiffin got here, Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. Mississippi State. Again, talented teams that have Missouri, NFL, South NFL Carolina. Arkansas went two years without winning a conference game. Yeah. Talk about Kansas. I mean, I didn't talk. I thought Kansas State, not Kansas. Kansas I know you State said that's a worse team than Kansas Bowl, State, like a couple years ago. Well, not a couple. That was a while ago. Yeah, but. and Kansas State's actually won the conference, which kind of brings us to the next point. There's a little more parity in the Big Twelve. They allow their smaller, not they allow. That's kind of I'm, I'm being a little hyperbolic here. Uh huh. But the smaller schools, the little guys, they actually do well in that conference. It's not constantly the same. Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Florida, every single year. There have been other conference champions. Yeah, Oklahoma wins it most years, but there's a different guy in second place. There's someone else winning the conference. Iowa State won it this year. Uh, I don't know. There's, a little, there's more going on there. Kansas State's won it. 
Texas has won it. Baylor's won it. Congrats. Uh, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State, they never win it. Vanderbilt, no. South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri. They ne- Missouri had their first two years. Then they got settled in. They never win it. Hell, Texas A&M doesn't even win it. I guess no. we can throw them in it, too. Forgot the they were even 14. in the conference for a second. Yes. And I would also argue that three of those teams it was coaching hires. Ole Miss could have possibly had a chance if Hugh Freeze was an idiot and hung around and still recruited well. They hired Matt Luke. That sets you back. You had NCAA investigations. That sets you back. Mississippi State, if Dan Mullen hangs around and continues to recruit like he did, they have a chance. No, he left. They mm-hmm. hired. He was there for a while, though. He was there for like two years. And yeah, he won. did stick around. He didn't and win it. What they went to like what two New York six New York New Year six? They went to one. Just was there only one. They went to they just yeah. They went to they the Orange Bowl and got Tech, blown out by Georgia Tech. Yeah. What's the other big bowl they went to? They went the following else. year they were gonna go, but we beat them on probation at five and six. I remember that. That was fun. And then at the, I think they were nine and three, played Louisville, but it wasn't in the New Year's Six Bowl. It was in the Music City Bowl, I think. Yeah. That's okay. Fun. Decent bowl, not New Year's Six. TCU also wins. They've won the conference, or they haven't won the conference, but they've played in the championship game. That coach has been there forever. Gary Patterson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Dan Mullen only went to the uh, Orange Bowl. That's it. That's all he has. Yeah. I mean, he did stick around. He he wasn't going anywhere. I think it's why he went to Florida. Yeah. Hell, he's been there, what, twice now since he's been in Florida? Back to back. Yeah. Yeah, no, and then the third point is people say it's going to be a revenue drop-off. Uh, we actually researched this earlier. SEC, you're making 45 mil. And uh, Big 12, you're making 37 mil with revenue sharing. It's not that far of a drop-off. And if you want to get real technical, Ole Miss actually was at 35 because of the sanctions that the SEC let go on. Yes, but that, I, that, I wouldn't count that. Because of the bullshit they let go on. I mean, hey, you could have been at 37 if you are in the Big 12. What if the, what if the Big 12 allows it to go on? Uh, they don't look at their conference. They don't go snitching on each other. No one's done it. Yeah. Well, no, they don't have Mississippi State there. They do have better rivalries, though. You have TCU, Texas. Those schools hate each other. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Alabama and Auburn hate each other, but they don't snitch. Yes, they do. What's his name? What was that guy's name in the 90s who uh, who went to Alabama and snitched on Alabama because he got money from an Auburn booster to do it? Man, that was, before, do, that was before I was born. I don't know. They do, they do poison each other's trees, though. Well, yeah, because they hate each other. Oh. But, uh, I mean, all right, so outside of football – I think there's a very good argument to go there for football. But you go to a better basketball conference, hands down. That's without question. Top to bottom, it's a way better basketball conference. Yeah. Not that you're much of a basketball team, but if that's you know that's the window to get there. Uh, baseball, yeah, the SEC owns baseball. Baseball, but yeah. That's the next best. It's not that far of a step. It's not like you're going to pick a Power 5 conference. You know, that's ACC, one of the next yeah. best. They've got, they got two in the top five right now. You know they're right there with the SEC. I don't think they'll ever jump, but it's not a complete drop off. And then you said I know you were mentioning recruiting, and I made this argument when we were doing it like a year ago or whatever. You say someone at Mississippi State, if they had to choose between an SEC Mississippi State or a Big Twelve Ole Miss, and you your pitch, you know, you go to a six and six Mississippi State team in the SEC, or you can go to a nine and three Ole Miss team in the Big Twelve. I feel like that's 
kind of an easy choice. You're still playing marquee easy. matchups with Oklahoma. You have a playoff team, and I know Oklahoma loses it every year. They're there. You have a playoff team every year. Iowa State's coming up. You have the historic blue blood traditions. You have the stadiums. And yeah, Iowa State is coming up. Campbell's got a hell of a job there. But that's neither here nor there. We can go on. (laughs) So are we equating 9-3 and in the Big 12 to 6-6 in the SEC? No, I'm saying that your ceiling for most of your years is 6-6. and I mean, that's about where we average out to in conference play. That's fair, yeah. Like, unless we're in a Hugh Freeze time where, you know, we're at the top, but, you know, those get balanced out by the Ed O years. Um, and then in the Big 12, you've got TCU and Baylor and teams like that who are pulling in 10-2, and 11-1, and 9-3 years. Those are kind of smaller schools than us, actually. I mean, they're not even necessarily equivalent. They're smaller than us. And those happen a little more frequently instead of once in 20 years. I, yeah, I know. I'm saying, like, if everything is fair, we're if we're trying to level it out, we're talking just recruiting, not ceilings and floors. No, that's what I'm saying is that that's probably an easier ceiling in the Big 12. That's part of the argument is that you have an easier ceiling in the Big 12 to excel than you do in the SEC. That's fine. But in recruiting, I'm talking about the pool of playing in the SEC. So to ex- to ex- to look at that, to run an experiment on that, you need teams that have the same record to actually test that variable. So are we assuming that nine and three in the Big Twelve is equal to six and six in the SEC? I mean, but let's be honest here. What elite, like elite five stars, are we getting now anyway? Well, I mean, no, yeah, that's man. another good point. <laughs> I mean, most of our class is three stars, regardless. They are, and that's a worry. That's an issue. I don't yeah. know if going to Big Twelve helps that. <clears throat> No, but it raises your ceiling. Kids want to win. At least it makes it more attainable. I especially when you consider that when you do get to that ten and two, nine and three point, oh, you get snitched on, and the NCAA brings you right back down. The SEC laughs as you're falling, and then you're the butt of the joke or the butt of the conference for the next you know five ten years. Well, yeah, you got your. It's just like it's just a constant like. There's, I think Reed, you put it best somehow. It's like. The SEC could give a damn about Ole Miss, but Ole Miss just sucks off the SEC because they're they happy don't. to be in the conference. We love the SEC more than the SEC loves us. Is the Big 12 going to love us? We need I to find out. <laughs> I think they would love to have us. I have to say, Texas has been here. Baylor's scheduled with us. Texas Tech. I mean, we play Big 12 teams. We have fun with them. Two questions here. One point and then a question. The point, I'd ask Arch Manning. I'm joking there, but I'd ask him what conference he wants to play in. Um, I just have a rebuttal for that right there. Um, Arch loves Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, he's big on Texas. They they uh, zoom a lot, so I'm pretty sure he he likes the Big Twelve. So I, I'd I ask him. <laughs> That's good. That's a winning point there. Two. Big Twelve has what ten teams in it right now? Yeah. Is it if 10 you're good. Yeah, it's a weird number. It's not 12, it's 10. I thought, I thought it was 9. No, I honestly I thought it was 9. It, it might be. Yeah. I, I um, might be wrong, but go on. Before I actually answer this, though, I want to make sure I have this right on 10 teams, okay? It's 10. Okay, that's what I thought. I think it was 9 for a couple of years or a year, then they added West Virginia. That's yeah. what I was confused. So, Big 12, there's 10 teams in that conference. Who are you bringing with you if you go? And this isn't really important. I'm just curious. 
I mean, if we go, you know, we have to bring Mississippi State. Oh, no, I, no, that's part of see. That's part of the attraction for me is to get out of their conference. Okay, we can bring. They're Mizzou still going to snitch on you. Here. No, I know, but it's just like it. There's a little separation, and then you can also kind of Mississippi State might win the battle too. But in recruiting, you can use that a little bit and twist things because otherwise, it's just this constant. I don't know. I hate the recruiting matchups with Mississippi State where it's constant back and forth. I'm hoping that might make it a little more absolute and final when you get a recruit in Mississippi instead of this constant flippity-flop. But yeah, no. Another point is um, going to the Big 12 allows us to exp- or expand our f- uh, footprint in more states than we have now. You know how big – we have a bigger Texas presence. I do think it would help your Texas presence a little. Mm-hmm. I hate the footprint argument so much. That's why it's true though. I, I hate it because that's how I don't, that's how they justify these out of conference games, and I don't like that. They always play out of conference in Atlanta or Houston or Dallas because they're like, oh, there's a big alumni base there. I hate that. That's argument. just for money. That's for money. Well, that's what are you arguing? Money. Recruiting. Okay, you recruit Texas well. Anyway. You play at you, you play at Baylor. You're gonna have kids who are on, on Baylor official fits unofficials. Kids in the stands. They know who Ole Miss is now. They're more familiar with Ole Miss. But on the bringing teams with you, I, it's not necessary. I don't think we wrapped that up. Sorry, it's not necessary to Big Ten had eleven teams for God knows how long. But if you had to bring one, see, but they don't have divisions either, and uh, in the big uh. 12. They don't have divisions. They did when they had 12 teams, so they'd probably yeah. go back to that. Now it's just It'd a free-for-all. The, the top two teams play in the uh, Big 12 championship. I kind of like that. I'm not going to lie. Well, then let's use some common sense and just say they would want 12 for even numbers. They don't even have to do the division thing. still keep it like it is. Who would you bring with you? SMU. I don't hate that. I was about to say, I think it would be SMU, maybe Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Houston over Tulsa. Yeah, oh, yeah SMU probably Houston. Houston. Probably Houston, yeah. You're not bringing Memphis with you? Hell no. <laughs> you, keep, you keep them at a, an arm's length as well. You're not bringing Southern with you? It helped the state. That would be fun. I, I just didn't want someone in, in the state of Texas, but, you know, I guess that is the answer. That makes sense. BYU. Well, that'd, that'd be, be ideal. Bad. That'd be ideal. That'd be fun. Okay, so fourth point was footprint, and that's fine. I don't know. I'm not even keeping track of them. I think we had like five or six points. I don't know. Footprint was the last point. I don't agree with it, but I get it. I see where you're coming from with it. I just don't think it's that important. I think there's some good arguments. I will make a counter argument to ourselves just because it it needs to be. It's worth being mentioned. I feel like the uh, security of the conference in the Big 12 is significantly less. There's always questions of where where are they going to be in the yeah. future that's like, the only think, downside is it 2022 or whatever when the contract's up or whatever when like realignment is potential for them i think so because there's always talk of that conference disbanding because there's only, yeah. like there's 10 teams and like they could all just and basically else. merging or picking and choosing with the americans so that would definitely be a concern because obviously us being a founding member of the sec very comfortable knowing that you're safe. You can't be kicked out. Pretty much at all times, yeah. Well, that is worth saying. That is worth, you know. That's a fair point. I believe that's written fair. in the rules. Founding members cannot be removed. I think I think it is. I've always been told that. I've never read the rule book, but I've always been told founding members cannot be removed, and that's one of the reasons that 
Ole Miss has always been here. Remember a few years ago when that dude from Orlando argued that UCF and USF deserved to be in the SEC more than Ole Miss and State? Yeah, no. USF. <laughs> or UCF. Stadium. I mean, UCF had definitely has more claim than USF. Well, yeah. That was hilarious. That was a, like, a take. Like, yeah, so does, so does Memphis. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fun fact, though, because I was looking it up earlier. How many times has Texas won the Big 12 since 2000? I think it's three. I think it's two, isn't it? It's two or three. It's two, yeah. No. Twice. I thought it was two, yeah. Oh, four was one of them. They've had a top two finish four total times. I mean, I didn't realize it was that bad. When you think about how blue blood they think they are and how, like, they think they're at the very top at all times, twice. Two wins. Mm-hmm. Their biggest downfall is that they can't let a coach just leave them alone. Like, they'll have a coach win nine games, but he loses to Oklahoma and he finishes third in the Big 12 and they fire him. And they can't leave it alone and just let somebody work. Tennessee's yeah. played in the championship game in the SEC as many times as Texas has in the Big 12. All time? Since 2000. As in, like, recent. Uh, I didn't know Tennessee played it twice since then. Three times. G-O. Texas Texas got second one time in like 01 when Colorado was there and winning it. <laughs> but that was fun. Go Buffs. <clears throat> I guess uh should we should we wrap it up there? Yeah. Should we make make some good points. This it's kind of a go an ongoing, you know, debate. We'll do part 2 Sunday when we have more people. I get some more like I do think y'all are going to change some minds if people listen to this pod. <laughs> you know. I don't know if it's the right answer or not, but it's definitely worth considering. It's not a bad option. It's not y'all. Y'all did not make a bad argument here. I was prepared to come in here and just think you were idiots, but <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad argument, and I think we're going to see a lot of people start kind of clamoring for this. Come we to have the thought, dark side. We have thought hard about this. <laughs> I've heard well, Reed's made this argument to me a handful of times. I didn't know Kyle believed this until last week, but. <laughs> Chef and I made the argument like last year. Why was it? What, what were we bitching about? Something happened. That just Something happened, us. and we, it was just me and him in the group chat and going back and forth, and everyone's like, that's the stupidest argument, blah, blah. And it's like, ah. And then I tweeted about it, one, I think probably after that Auburn game, where I was like, this yeah. doesn't happen if you're in the Big 12. And I there's actually some some support for it then, too. I I think Reed's all, Reed always does that in, the, in our group chat because people always attack him for it because – the people in that group chat are very Mississippi made, and yeah. that those kind of people love to you know claim SEC. It's also the same type of people that use Ole Miss baseball as a personality trait rather than an actual interest. Yeah, and so you know it's the people that go to Swayze and they take their pictures and then they leave, or they play on their phone the whole time, or that's it. The same beer, people who beer, beer, beer. yeah, the same people who <laughs> if given yeah. the option to win one national championship in their life in football. Or burn the grove down. They wouldn't burn the grove down. Me, I'm set, I'd burn. I'm setting blaze, baby. It's gone. It is gone. Them trees are gone. And those, I, I will make Harvey update look like a joke. Yep. Those people in that group, though, like, and it's not just that group. It's a lot of Ole Miss fans would rather win the party than win a game. And I think some of that is just the attitude around Ole Miss. It's just this idea of. It's a party school. They have fun. It's like, no. That's always been 
the mentality. It has. I know. I mean, I've grown up an Ole Miss fan. It's always been that way. And it was always kind of like a tongue-in-cheek joke when the team was winning two games. But then Freeze kind of shows you can win big here. And people were still like, oh, we still party, though. And it's like, cool. I want to win a natty. I want to win a really big bowl game. Like, I could care less about getting drunk in the Grove before a game. Like, you can drink before you go to the game. You don't have to go to the Grove. You, you can do both. Yeah. There's a place for both. But we can uh, we can wrap it up there. Um, catch Ole Miss tomorrow. What, what time is that game, Randy? Man, I don't know. So it's tomorrow night. I know that. Um, after this podcast will be dropped. I was say, it's, it's going to – well, it's probably going to be before. This is going to be happening in the sixth inning. <laughs> Let's see. Tomorrow night at, I think, 7. Nice. So, yeah, before the pod. six or 7. Um, so, if you're listening to us and we sound like just idiots because the game's happening, let us know. <laughs> Friday also is a night game. That's pretty neat. 5 o'clock. Well, yeah. And then Saturday noon. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's just I – forget because we start on thursday we didn't do that last week so well no it's it's, it's easter weekend <laughs> why well some are starting to um friday though are they so i don't i don't understand this whole like easter weekend schedule thing like people acting like that's why i think teams can request to not play on easter i'm okay. pretty sure that's a thing you can do because i know you can request i maybe three or four weekends you can submit to the sec Ole Miss always requests to be home for double-decker weekend, and they always request to be home graduation weekend. So you, Okay, because I was going to say, yeah, we've we've got two series wrapping up on Sunday. You might can do that on Easter, too. I bet they probably requested that. Yeah. So, catch those three games. Uh, any football new? Anything football-related happening this weekend? Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach are debating each other on wall. That's it. I would, and then uh, opening day tomorrow. Yeah, opening day. I'm going to sit and eat sunflower seeds in my apartment and watch the Orioles dominate Nathan Eovaldi and then question why I put myself through this every year. I will watch us lose to the Cardinals like we always do, and uh, that'll be my opening day. But until Wednesday or until Sunday, we'll catch you then. Hopefully, we get another sweep of Florida and um, go Rebs.